Hi everyone, David here. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Foresight Climate and Energy. If you like what you hear and want access to more of our fascinating in-depth content on the energy transition, you need to subscribe. You can try us for 30 days for just €29, which will get you full access to our website and app. We also have a wide range of subscription packages to fit you or your company's needs. Follow the link in the show notes or go to www.foresightdk.com forward slash subscribe to find out more. Hello and welcome to What Matters, the podcast from Foresight Climate and Energy, guiding you down the pathway to a decarbonised economy. My name is David Weston and joining me on the pod this week is our fantastic producer, Kira Taylor. Hi, Kira. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Uh, sadly, circumstances mean Michaela and Jan can't be with us this week, uh, but they'll be back on the show very soon. The recent election in Poland seems to have removed the governing Law and Justice Party after eight years in power and replaced it with a coalition of more centrist parties. As we record this episode, the final details are still being negotiated, so it could all change. Our guest this week is Joanna Pandera, founder and CEO of Forum Energy, uh, an energy think tank based in Poland, to give us her take on the elections and what it means for the country's energy transition. Joanna, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today and so soon after the election. Firstly, can you give us a very brief overview of what happened in the election last weekend and what the expected outcome will be? First of all, welcome everybody and thank you for the invitation. Uh, indeed, the, the outcome of the election uh, really exceed our expectations. And this was really a big surprise uh, because the recent the, the uh, polls uh, before the elections, they were not so optimistic. So this was uh, the first reason why we felt uh, really surprised. Uh, but secondly, um, it, there was no expectation that the turnout will be so high. So we had almost like 75% of the uh, part uh, people participating in the elections, which is the highest in our history. So it was like big win also of the democracy and a lot of positive energy that once we really motivate ourselves, uh, we can really def defeat populism and we can make a change. Uh, so this is maybe the first point which I would like to make uh, on, on the elections. It is um, still maybe, well, Important to note that uh, actually peace won the election. So they had 35% uh, of votes uh, and the biggest opposition party had around 31% uh, of voices. And, and uh, sorry, and peace, peace are the, they were the governing party. Is that correct? Yes. Peace was governing party for the last eight years, uh, conservative and populistic government. Uh, and the opposition consists now uh, of four parties. Uh, one of them is extreme uh, uh, right wing, so they will not enter now the opposition. But there are also three parties now on the opposition, democratic opposition side. And they already announced that they will create, uh, they are able to create government. So uh, they agree on uh, cooperation. And it means that those uh, Democratic opposition parties have uh, more than 50% of votes, uh, which means a really huge win. So they have very strong mandate from the society to govern. 
However, of course, they are quite splitted. <laughs> it's another uh, important uh, message that uh, because it's not only three parties, but a lot of coalitions and parties inside. So once you really um, calculate, you may find uh, 10 parties within those three parties, which means that <laughs> uh, the process of agreement will be probably long. Right. But it looks uh, now the procedure is maybe just like concluding those, uh, let's say, general introduction. It, the procedure looks that now the gov- uh, our president uh, will uh, will um, uh, is consulting now those winners and will say who will uh, receive the mission of creation of creating new government. Peace is. Is split on this. On one hand, its leader Kaczynski say, uh, says that, uh, uh, okay, we, we, we give up. <laughs> but I think that there are uh, still some uh, minorities within peace uh, who say, no, we may not give up. We'll find partners to govern. Uh, and uh, so there are still internal discussions. But it is very unlikely because that they will be able really, like peace will be able to create now the government because they miss something like 50 votes. So I, I really cannot imagine that after this huge win and big enthusiasm, now some uh, mm. members of the parliament would join a government. So this is the situation in which we are now. We may expect that the process of uh, creating new government will take about two months. Uh, uh, so this is what we expect and uh, is also fits to some, you know, legislative procedure. That's really useful. It's great to get an overview directly from Poland because I think I've just been going through Twitter or X now trying to catch up with everything. I mean, one thing I'm seeing a lot is that this is a big boost for climate and energy policy in Poland. How how much of a change are you expecting? And how quickly are we going to see that? It is a really big thing for the energy and climate because opposition has, uh, for the first time, I think, in the Polish history, we have parties who agree that uh, climate is important. And, of course, the level of ambition is probably different. Uh, and my, uh, But generally, uh, all parties say that renewables are the key. Uh, the main opposition party says that they want to have about 70% of renewables by 2030. And it's just like, uh, as an example, we have now now about uh, 20%, 21%. So it means really like uh, more than uh, tripling of renewable share in our energy mix. Uh, so this is number one. And also emission reductions amb- ambitions. Uh, the only number which I saw uh, quite clear was 70%, uh, 75% of emission reduction from the power sector uh, until 2030. It's also very, very ambitious. Uh, but uh, uh, once I talk with uh, some decision Decision makers from those uh, opposition groups, they say that it's better to have ambitions and, and goal and then uh, to adjust it. But but still, they are aware that generally what drives also the discussion now in Poland is not only climate. So uh, let's, uh, it's climate is not maybe number one topic, uh, but generally the problems, energy crisis is, is part of this conversation, high energy prices uh, and generally uh, lack of transparency 
transparency on how state utilities are acting. Uh, so you really need to be aware about the level of involvement of state utilities also in the political campaign and mm. lack of transparency in setting the prices, energy prices, fuel prices. Uh, so it all contributed to big distrust and also frustration that the old uh, energy model must gen- uh, uh, must change. Mm. Uh, so we see um, renewables about all uh, CO2 emission reduction uh, quicker uh, coal phase out. However, I think it won't be so easy. Um, role of gas is still not very clear and uh, more or less, you may say that there is some consensus on nuclear uh, right. among those parties. However, nuclear is still uh, a little bit like big elephant in the room. So uh, everybody would like to really uh, invite this uh, elephant <laughs> to the room, but somehow uh, he don't uh, go through the doors. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, what kind of uh, role did the energy transition play during the campaign? Was there much discussion about it? Was it one of the big sort of um, vote winners wi- within the electorate? Oh, actually, it disappeared a little bit from the campaign. I must say that last year, uh, the, the, the energy topics, uh, also because of uh, Russian war in Ukraine and uh, because of uh, high price spikes was really number one for some period of time. It was uh, Poland faced huge uh, coal crisis, by the way, because we use a lot of coal in households and the the coal was actually imported. uh, Large majority was imported from Russia. So after uh, um, uh, accepting or or, uh, actually implementation of the embargo for Russian coal, uh, Poland just suddenly faced huge coal crisis. So there was lack of coal for households for heating. So it really was uh, touch uh, each household or almost the topic of coal, of the problems which we face uh, um, on the role of renewables. So it contributed a lot of uh, to raising awareness about the challenges w- w- which are ahead of us. But it was only last year. Uh, then government introduced really huge uh, subsidies for uh, electricity, heating and gas price uh, consumption. So it cost us more than uh, 17 uh, billion of euros. Uh, we just uh, are calculating now those uh, numbers and they are really extremely high. So it was so actually citizens uh, this year did not notice uh, energy crisis because prices were relatively low. Uh, uh, they were higher compared to the last year, but uh, actually the price spikes uh, belong to the lowest, at least for households in Europe. Um, and also fuel prices uh, in Poland uh, were part of uh, of the political game uh, because despite of, so last year the prices were quite uh, high and not uh, not and this price was not justified, so it should be actually lower. But then this year, prices uh, uh, were uh, artificially kept uh, down despite the global oil prices uh, rise. And uh, actually, it led to the physical uh, shortage of fuels uh, uh, at the station. So it was really also another point. Uh, uh, but but maybe government did it uh, 
with the intention uh, not to draw attention to the rising uh, prices. Of course, part of this was also inflation, because once the fuel prices go up, also inflation goes up. And remember that Poland has one of the highest inflation rates in Europe uh, mm. recently. It was right. about 18% uh, in the, um, the highest point. So actually, the, this year campaign was about uh, inflation and how to lower it, where government did everything what they could in order to lower the prices uh, mm. for energy and for fuels. Uh, and indeed, inflation went down. Uh, it's like about 8%, but it's still quite high. So uh, concluding, it was not uh, the hottest discussion which we uh, had on the energy. However, I think everybody is aware now that energy is a big big topic and a huge bump for the future government. Absolutely. Before we move on to the, the aims and the goals of the next government, what sort of scorecard, what grading would you give the government of the last eight years, the Law and Justice Party? on their energy transition um, score? Have they attracted it? Obviously, I know um, Poland's been one of the hottest uh, heat pump markets in the last couple of years. So there's obviously some subsidies there that has really uh, sparked the market's life. But as you say, coal is still quite dominant on the grid and in people's homes. So where would you grade the uh, the outgoing party in their energy transition um, score? So uh, it's indeed, uh, actually, the energy paradigm in Poland uh, started to change already under the peace government. So it's not, uh, when go- when peace took uh, government eight years ago, they started with uh, saying that coal is our future, that we'll dig the coal for the next 100 years, and there is no uh, uh, alternative to, uh, to this. Uh, But then it started to change uh, this discussion because uh, in 2016, the imports of coal, because of Poland has really huge demand for coal. Uh, So in 2016, so one year uh, after the mm, government change in Poland, the uh, coal imports started to increase. uh, And mainly from Russia, by the way. So uh, it was completely like... uh, a side topic, uh, but indeed it was very, very strange uh, because the main paradigm in Poland was always that we burn that coal because it's our domestic fuel. So even if it's dirty, uh, it's our fuel, we are independent. Uh, and then uh, actually the the reality uh, was completely different and uh, also the mm, the value of those imports because we also started to import more gas, more coal, more oil. Mm-hmm. So altogether our uh, import dependency uh, uh, went up dramatically in those uh, last years. And I think it has uh, really started uh, to change people's mind also because the age of coal-fired power plants is, is is big and they constantly uh, go down and had some problems with stable generation. Uh, and then renewables became cheaper. Uh, right. So uh, actually there were some subsidy schemes uh, introduced uh, for prosumers, for uh, rooftop PVs and uh, it was enormous success uh, because we started uh, seven, eight years ago with 200 megawatt of photovoltaics. Now we have more than uh, 13 uh, gigawatt of photovoltaics, mainly on the people's houses, uh, rooftops. Mm. And then... um, 
followed with uh, quite specific uh, subsidy schemes, uh, which is now already changed, but it was very beneficial to install heat pump on sure. top, uh, like as a combination. So uh, indeed, last year we were the record, we had the record increase in heat pump sales and uh, more than 200,000 devices sold. Uh, so actually... The, the the full interest in electrification, uh, the, the interest of people in electrification only increased. I think it's it, it, it numbers are going down a little bit this year mm. because the growth last year was also linked with this gas crisis, lack sure. of coal. People were really angry. So many people who really had some funds uh, could just uh, go and buy this heat pump and say, oh, no, I don't want to go. Uh, I don't want to have it anymore, this dependence and the uh, fuel spikes and price spikes and so on. Um, so indeed, uh, the mood uh, has changed. Once you see polls and uh, on, on what is your preference regarding electricity generation, heat generation, mm. or, it's like 90% people saying uh, we want to have renewables. Okay. Uh, and coal, compared to coal, 26% uh, uh, of people. Gas is, let's say, 40. Around 65 is uh, people, uh, they want to have nuclear. Right. So this is uh, about people's preferences, but of course it's hard, far from economics and the uh, possibilities of those technologies really to enter Polish market. I find it interesting you raising coal there because if nuclear is the elephant that hasn't made it into the room yet, I think coal is probably the elephant that is very much in the room uh, in Poland. And are you expecting the new government to be able to move forwards on a coal phase out it's quite late for poland can they do anything because uh, from looking into this in the past it's very complicated when you bring in unions and bring in all of these targets so are you expecting that to change so what we can expect now is probably more clarity on and transparency about this coal phase out because uh, it's already this government, uh, peace government knows that just uh, coal is highly unprofitable. And even this week, uh, there was some derogation awarded for Poland under the electricity market uh, directive on the capacity market. But this derogation is only for three years, uh, which means that actually uh, we may subsidize uh, those uh, high, uh, highly emitting assets only until 2028. Uh, and then uh, they, they are just bringing losses. And uh, this is really a topic where uh, decision makers also from this conservative government are fully aware uh, because uh, they uh, actually prepared uh, a reform to divest coal assets. It, is, it was called NABE, which is... Uh, strange name, it's National Agency for Energy Security. So once uh, you, you want to put something high, you just name it Energy Security and Agency. But in fact, it was one company who just takes over all the coal assets. And uh, uh, But uh, actually, it was, uh, it was indeed uh, um, strongly opposed by uh, energy sector and, and unions because they don't trust that this was well prepared. Because indeed, actually, the financial model of this operation is... Uh, uh, was not clear, but once we take, uh, once we speak about future of coal in Poland, this has three dimensions. So the first one 
is the which I mentioned is this economic dimension. So uh, how to finance the operation of those assets, and this is completely not clear uh, now. Uh, after two thousand twenty-eight. Uh, they will just bring losses. But second aspect is technical, uh, that uh, really with those uh, lack of vision on on call, uh, they were not uh, modernized for the last years. Uh, So, uh, and the cost of these modernizations are really high and and uh, they they just are uh, the, the power plants are not reliable and they constantly go uh, broken uh, and um, actually the number of unavailability of those power plants is only going up and also increases the cost of balancing uh, and the third point uh, is of course uh, uh, how to balance the system uh, once uh, uh, you still as a transmission system operator need some dispatchable capacities uh, but they are becoming more and more unreliable and uh, expensive so i think that the future government will have to find a way between all those three topics uh, certainly uh, security of supply is always uh, important uh, but nevertheless, the pressure, uh, what to face in instead of call, which everybody knows needs to be phased out, it's now uh, really uh, number one, uh, in my view. Mm, absolutely. Uh, I'm sure we'll come to that in a minute, what the, what the options are. Um, so looking forward then with the new government uh, likely to be formed uh, in the next couple of months, what are their key priorities when it comes to uh, energy and climate issues in Poland? And what steps should they take to address the challenges and opportunities that they uh, give? Yes, this is a very good question. We, uh, As I was one of the initiators of uh, establishing uh, expert council on uh, energy security and climate, we had such discussion with 25 experts, different experts uh, who also uh, are members of this council for the last weeks in order to prepare a list of topics which we think are most relevant for the future government. And uh, there are plenty of topics. Some of them maybe have rather the national context, like uh, also structural reforms on uh, and lack of analytical um, background of our government uh, but but so I won't refer to those let's say specific national topics, but generally we think uh, that national energy and climate plan is is, is number one uh, because uh, planning starts with. Uh, saying what is our vision for the power system uh, and and practical then delivery of those uh, results targets. But then uh, we have other topics like, uh, and it was already announced also by uh, opposition that they will uh, make the audit of the um, uh, nuclear project in order to decide what to do with it further. Certainly, uh, Grid expansion is uh, just no-brainer. It's so low-hanging fruit. It was completely uh, not uh, addressed uh, uh, in the past. Also because uh, this uh, renewables development, which we saw in Poland last year, was not uh, actually planned. So it was... uh, mm, 
uh, actually the the targets which we have now in photovoltaics uh, should be achieved only in 2030 and we achieved it already a year ago so it was much quicker uh, so renewables uh, development but also preparation of the grid where uh, government needs to direct funds for distribution system operators uh, um, to expand the grid but also to di- digitalize it uh, and um, and these are actually uh, things which are quite low-hanging fruit compared to building new lines. Uh, is something which is just top priority. And also positive thing is that Poland may unlock now recovery funds, uh, where also part of the funds uh, are... Um, are planned to be used exactly for the grids. And this is really good signal that uh, movement uh, can be seen on, on this side. But uh, next uh, next important topic is uh, the, the project of uh, separation of the coal assets from the state-owned utilities, because the general uh, major goal of this project is actually to make those state-owned companies uh, to be able to uh, to enter financial markets and to build renewables uh, um, uh, in an ambitious way to, to scale it up because now, uh, because they have coal assets, uh, uh, financial institutions, they reject uh, financing. And uh, uh, this is uh, something which is, uh, which blocks uh, uh, energy uh, transition in Poland. Then what is also positive, and it already started, that Poland prepares very interesting flex, uh, flexibility solutions now within the balancing market and uh, some changes w- which are introduced, which may create a lot of space for trading flexibility uh, uh, within the balancing market. So uh, there, there is a new window of opportunity for aggregators. Uh, and, um, and this is is uh, something what I ex- assess very positively and also uh, more needs to be done uh, on, the, on this. So uh, these are, I think, uh, major topics, of course. W- what is also the priority, uh, unfortunately, because it will hit the new government quite strongly, is what we see now with the electricity prices for the next year, because uh, those prices are now frozen until end of year, and we have still a tariff uh, for uh, retail market. And those tariffs, new uh, new numbers, uh, new tariffs will be announced by our regulatory um, office uh, in December. So it's something now for the next two months, you have a government who will not take the decision and the new government is not also able to take any decision to impact this process. And it may end up that in January, according to our calculations, prices will go go up for households by 70%. Uh, so uh, it will hit newcomers uh, strongly because uh, they can really do uh, not they cannot do much about this because it's just like uh, empty space now decision space so you may imagine uh, how is it when once your first day in the office starts with 70% uh, prices spikes for uh, households for citizens who actually elected you because they thought you are better than the others <laughs> so it will be uh, it will be hot potato and then the question is what the solutions what uh, what solutions uh, will be found uh, quite uh, quickly that's a big upcoming challenge for them. I think one thing that 
I've had in the back of my mind while I've been watching this is, you know, you've just um, laid out some of the big issues that Poland has in terms of grids, in terms of other things. How much of the issues that we saw with Poland in climate and energy policy were because of that physical in- infrastructure and how much was it because the government didn't want to act? You know, if we have a new government, if there's a new setup, but all of these physical problems remain, are we actually going to see a change? It's, it's a very good question because I think that uh, um, this government was very splitted uh, internally on uh, how to actually address uh, increasing energy problem of Poland. Uh, so uh, there was uh, certainly part of this government who wanted a change and who understood uh, uh, and who had more pragmatic approach also to call because on one hand it is indeed, it, these are jobs, still not too much because 80,000 it's, it could be really much more. And in other sectors, you have uh, in construct, uh, construction sector, and even in schools, you have more teachers uh, working. But uh, it's not necessarily that it's strong electorate. Uh, but we have 4% of unemployment rate. So it's really not uh, the major uh, topic of jobs. Uh, but what I think is a major barrier is really weakness in planning and uh, and still vested interest uh, who can impact directly decision makers uh, apart from you know uh, deeper analysis apart from uh, uh, data and facts uh, and actually. Our main motivation, my main motivation when I created Forum years ago, uh, eight years ago, by the way, or um, it was exactly uh, frustration that uh, uh, dealing with energy sector, we don't have access to data. We don't understand where we are. We don't speak about the solutions because, of course, it's, uh, it's not that energy transition is easy and all answers are already known at the beginning before we started. Of course not. But we just need to uh, prepare our uh, intellectual capacities uh, in order to find those solutions. And this is, in my view, a little bit mental barrier sometimes uh, um, in in Poland, uh, which is probably also linked with our historical background and lack of belief in uh, in our own capacities and and, you know, uh, success. But on the other hand, this is why I think that really strengthening this analytical backstage for the government is is really central point not very prominent because uh, people from outside uh, don't perceive it as nuclear renewables energy efficiency uh, but this is really the key um, where it's always uh, Time is missing. Also, people hate new institutions, uh, agencies. But really, without this, uh, we want progress. Because uh, I, I work also for the government years ago, and I remember even if you are really ambitious and you want to introduce the change, you need to have really um, support from experts uh, who are prepared and able to deliver, uh, you know, solutions. 
So this is what I think uh, is at the core of the change. Uh, yeah. So certainly goodwill is there now with the opposition okay. and ambitions. Uh, and this is really, a, it's extreme opportunity for entire Europe because it's uh, Poland is uh, the most coal-reliant country, one of the most coal-reliant countries in the world. So I, I, I really, and I see, and I, I, I'm dealing with energy and climate since 15 years. So I saw this change. And now we are at the point that we have a new government, uh, so new opening. We have uh, people who want change. And now only how to make it, uh, how to make them succeed, what to do uh, that the climate policy will not be perceived as recently in Germany, in example, like extremely expensive and only for the richer people how to ensure the fair redistribution of costs uh, and how to help poorer households uh, uh, to pay their electricity but also heating bills uh, is, uh, is, is, is really the key. So, so this is how I see it. I think it's really, we've been never closer to, the, to let's say, chance for... Uh, uh, chance for a change. I, I don't know how to frame it, uh, but uh, uh, but now uh, it's like full mo- uh, mobilization needed and uh, also full support by uh, also by the European Commission, by other member states, uh, uh, and believe that uh, it really can can bring uh, change for longer because spill also uh, it's not certain, you know. Uh, it it may be we may come back to the old reality political realities uh, quite soon uh, so within a year even so once the government will not be able to govern and the something goes wrong uh, then we may come yeah. back always the to way the past. always the way hi everyone me again please do rate and review this podcast wherever you listen it really helps us out means we can make more shows like this and means more people can find us Also, a quick reminder to subscribe to Foresight Climate and Energy so you don't miss out on any of our other podcasts or long-form journalism. Head to the link in the show notes or go to www.foresightdk.com forward slash subscribe. So how do you think then um, Poland's relationship with the rest of Europe, with the European Union and the European uh, Commission might change uh, now? It's got a government that's perhaps a bit more um, open to these ideas and looking to uh, accelerate the energy transition. We are also in a specific moment in the European Commission because actually all the legislation for Fit for 55 uh, has been actually already done. Uh, So it's uh, the time where you can uh, mainly discuss uh, the future strategy for the European Commission uh, and future program of the European Commission uh, and priorities. I cannot expect that European Commission... uh, uh, in uh, this new term will only c- increase the ambition. So we will talk about 2040 targets, certainly, but the, I, I expect from, from the European Commission that the major uh, topics uh, for new term will be energy security, reframing, what does it mean in the current context in which we are with uh, uh, cutting, uh, um, cutting off Russian fossil fuels, uh, uh, also balancing our quite poor uh, resources, uh, energy resources which we have, how to deal with costs. So this will be uh, very important. Also, industrial policy will 
be key. And here I expect much more interest from Poland because also 21% of our GDP comes from industry. So uh, it was uh, actually not addressed uh, but by our uh, still current government industry, but I can expect more interest of Poland now in industrial policy. Um, and I think what will also be extremely relevant is implementation of ETS2 and uh, and here I can expect that Poland will be active because it's, it looks that the cost for Polish house, households uh, will, will be the highest uh, in the EU, also because we are still burning coal uh, in our households. So on one hand, the good thing is that we want to get rid of this coal, uh, also not only because of climate, but also because of the air quality. Uh, but then uh, this is this is positive, uh, but but negative is that the costs uh, uh, are, are, are high and the actually speed of this change is also huge and and really addressing uh, climate policy on the households level requires much more efforts, uh, much more communication, much more also uh, sensitivity uh, that uh, that it's not that you can plan, model something and then let things happen, but you need to really involve also communities. Uh, you need to uh, really make a real decentralization of the climate policy. Uh, so... Uh, so this is where I think Poland uh, may be uh, interested um, a little bit more in some topics uh, regarding climate with Brussels. Uh, but I see also positive thing is that I, I, see, I see still some uh, common points. Uh, it's not that it will be only blocking and uh, always neglecting, which actually also Tusk government did in the past. Uh, so uh, Tusk was uh, in 15 years ago, he was also blocking uh, um, yeah. long-term targets. Uh, now it seems that uh, he changed his attitude, but you know, once you are closer to the reality energy sector miners, it may not be so, uh, op let's say, optimistic and then be, but, but it will be certainly not what we have seen uh, recently from Poland, really blocking uh, Fit for 55, uh, all legislation only because of the political reasons, because it was no uh, substance uh, explanation uh, why Poland went uh, went to the uh, ET, um, to the uh, ETS with all of the uh, no 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 ETS the Court of Justice uh, Court of Justice because yeah, it's in Poland yes sorry <laughs> Europe yeah so it's Court of Justice with all of the uh, Fit for Fifty Five uh, legislation. Uh, Are so you expecting that to? continue? Are you expecting the government to uphold that challenge or do you expect them to withdraw it? I, I really don't know because uh, it was, uh, I didn't see actually the explanation. I, I think that maybe in one or two cases uh, it could be kept, uh, but in other cases like renewables uh, directive. So we even did an analysis uh, on this, uh, which will be published soon. And we see that without any problem, Poland can achieve the target in uh, 2030. So it's really uh, regarding renewables, uh, particularly that everybody is speaking now that this is the priority, uh, it does not make sense. So it's just, uh, you know, fueling the conflict. 
I think it would be really interesting if the Polish government did withdraw some of those things. It would be quite a clear sign very early on. One thing I think we're also seeing is Poland and France aligning on certain things, maybe because of the nuclear topic and not always aligning with Germany and that shifting the power dynamics within the council. Could you see Poland getting closer to France or could you see its position in the council changing with this new government? It's a good question. So certainly the project of uh, Weimar Triangle uh, was a political project where Germany, France and Poland worked together. And I know that the future government certainly has a much better feeling for this triangle. So it may be also interesting format for the European Union that, uh, you know, this triangle cooperation with with France and Germany. I don't know uh, if Poland will be so strongly now interested in this nuclear discussion as a priority. Uh, I can imagine also that uh, because uh, peace has really very anti-German poly, uh, politics, uh, recently. So this anti-German sentiment was really strong. So what I can expect is getting closer with Germany, particularly it's, uh, in my view, uh, German-Polish cooperation on coal phase-out is also much needed because we are neighbors. We are uh, two most coal-reliant countries in Europe and basically transparency of uh, what we do uh, and how we will manage also regional system balance, uh, power system balance, is regional adequacy is is, is really big thing. Uh, if we are able to share uh, um, reserves, uh, if we want to expand more grids, what happens with offshore wind, as we have also common access to the sea. So uh, this is something what I perceive uh, as a big opportunity. Also working with Denmark and Sweden, because we already have uh, uh, electricity interconnector with Sweden. We have cooperation with Denmark on Baltic pipe, uh, but there are also plans regarding offshore wind. Because for me now, uh, what should be also the priority, I hope for it also for the future government is much more ambitious poly um, approach to offshore wind because it's our huge uh, asset, the access to the sea. So we should strengthen it uh, together with neighbors and also sharing the infrastructure uh, also for those countries uh, who do not, who are not blessed with access to the sea. So, um, so I can imagine that it will be also some topic for the, for the new European commission and later for the Polish president because uh, we should not forget that Poland will hold uh, EU rotating presidency in 2025. So uh, now actually the next two years uh, are really relevant, um, not only for Poland, for the EU, but uh, for for Brussels, but also for the EU. Yeah, absolutely. Touching on offshore wind, do you think that's going to be a focus of the new government then uh, and something that they want to exploit? And is that is that uh, is that one of the one of the things that they all agree on the coalition partners? Yes, I think it will uh, it will be scaled up uh, because it's actually already this government announced that it should be a so-called second-term uh, auction uh, decisions will be needed. So everybody wait for it. Uh, so I can imagine that this new government will just uh, uh, will draw uh, some process of uh, selecting uh, new. Uh, new investment uh, to enter the system. So 
already this government announced because our official plan was uh, nine gigawatt. It was increased uh, twofold uh, by eighteen percent by two thousand forty, um, and now we expect. Uh, according to some expert analysis that it might be even 33 gigawatts uh, potential of offshore wind until 2000, uh, uh, 2040. So we will see, but uh, there is actually big expectations. And do you see a lot of interest from foreign nations, foreign companies wanting to invest in Poland because of that ambition? Uh, I, I see uh, many uh, companies interested. Uh, the challenges, uh, I think, generally problems uh, within the onshore, offshore wind uh, because of uh, supply chains, because of uh, inflation, increasing costs. Uh, indeed, we are sometimes approached by some companies who want to understand what are the market conditions in Poland, what to expect, and so on. I think what always works for those uh, companies uh, are these fundamentals, because uh, you know the narrative for the outside world is sometimes not very much encouraging for foreign uh, companies to enter the Polish market. But, uh, but actually, once you see which troubles we do have with, uh, uh, with district heating, with, uh, with heating in households, but generally with the power system, uh, actually the interest is very high. I even talked recently to some in, invest, foreign investor and he said to me that it's very promising. Uh, and uh, at least in the central Eastern Europe, the prospects are, uh, really good and also investments are uh, still going. Uh, so there is also, and, and remember that if we will get, uh, recovery funds, uh, which uh, should happen soon, I hope, uh, because the rule of law conflicts may be uh, resolved quickly and this is top priority uh, for for the new government, then it will be flat of funds uh, uh, to be spent quickly. And also in the new financial per- perspective of the EU, we just uh, calculated that, uh, that really Poland will have huge funds uh, available uh, because they are just earmarked for the climate and uh, and energy. Are you concerned about how quickly those RRFs or the recovery fund will be spent? Because I know even when it was proposed, people were looking at it thinking this is going to be a massive rush on the money. And if it's been withheld for so long from Poland, it's going to be even quicker to spend that money. There may not be time to get one-stop shops or those type things in place. Have you got an eye on how that will go? I, I have some insight because actually we have been also part, uh, we are assisting the topic uh, since its beginning on the EU funds in three years. So uh, I know what is inside and inside of the recovery funds are a lot of good things. There are also projects which may be reconsidered as too expensive and uh, still too commercial and they may be financed with other resources. So this is uh, good. Uh, positive thing is that it really the processes did not stop. So it's not that everybody in Poland uh, wait only for the resolving the big uh, problem, this conflict with the EU, but actually the institutions in charge uh, uh, 
just uh, were working and are prepared. Even some projects already st- started despite lack of funding because of some prefinancing which they got because there was always narrative that one day the funds will come. So it's not that there is no progress. And I still hope that uh, there could be uh, some, because of course it's an enormous challenge to spend reasonably because it's not only about spending funds, but uh, really to invest in future. It's next generation EU. So it's shouldn't be you know two years project or uh, so it will be challenge uh, but uh, i i hope that poland is good in you know uh, <laughs> quick action and uh, like in this uh, appraising uh, i don't know if you understand what i mean so uh, our history was always uh, and also like before the elections it was also like an appraising um, and and in this context i i think that uh, it it may really work i cannot tell you if 100% of projects will be spent on time and uh, uh, and reasonably but i i see it's not uh, people really who are prepared to uh, to manage it uh, good and uh, to assure that the funds will flow in the right direction. One final question for me on uh, on the grid. Um, and we know that Poland's grid is quite constrained. Many markets in Europe are facing these challenges as well. What do you hope to see on that side of things? Do you see a lot of grid uh, upgrades and then grid investments happening in, in the next government to allow more renewables onto the, onto the system, uh, especially with the um, ambitious offshore wind targets and having to get that power from the north uh, down into the industrial south. Is that something you ho- you're hoping to see some change on? This is uh, also a very good question. It's not that our entire grid is in a bad shape because no. transmission lines are quite uh, uh, quite uh, modernized. The new we have plenty of new transmission lines. The challenge is on the distribution side, uh, and uh, and generally, I think the, the the major let's say challenge is the role of distribution system operators. And here, uh, future government announced some changes, uh, also structural ones. They, they want to unbundle uh, those companies uh, outside of the uh, of the and, uh, utilities. Uh, I don't want to comment on this because I think it's, it's complex, but okay. uh, uh, certainly what is needed now, and this is what actually our regulatory office already did, they prepared a roadmap, a roadmap for investments for DSO. Uh, they've been in dialogue with DSO for the last two years. This Mm. roadmap is prepared. And in my view, it needs to just be matched with planning and funding. And here it is what I said already, that also some uh, additional funds are available from the recovery funds, uh, which may uh, be added uh, or, or just uh, disbursed, but also in the cohesion funds, there are also some funds for the grids. So it's really, I, I cannot promise you what uh, <laughs> what will be the result, uh, but uh, as you may see, I'm quite enthusiastic about uh, how it may go. I think we should always be optimistic first and then at least, uh, and help uh, good change and uh, on the, maybe sometimes a little bit uh, disappointed, but nevertheless, with lef- lessons learned, uh, how we can do better in future. Absolutely. Just one last question from uh, from me on the uh, day one. New government comes into power. Obviously, we mentioned the possibly the the rising fuel prices, but day one, what do you hope to see the new government do within the energy and climate space? Uh, so day one, when they, when they come, yeah. they will say uh, they will merge probably. Uh, 
the problem of high energy prices mm-hmm. with uh, with the funds available for investments. Uh, so this is something what I think will come mm-hmm. uh, and will happen. And then I expect that they will uh, present their uh, coherent uh, plan for the energy transition because we saw some uh, proposals, but uh, from not of the each party uh, and sure. now they need to present the coherent plan mm-hmm. uh, yeah. so this is what i hope but i also expect that on day one they may not talk uh, unfortunately about energy and climate <laughs> uh, but i hope on day two okay <laughs> <laughs> very good uh Joanna, thank you so much for joining us on what matters one thing we ask all of our guests uh, to do before they go is if they could look into a crystal ball what does the energy transition look like in 10 to 20 years time uh i think that uh, energy and climate uh, will uh, maybe we will not achieve our uh, all targets but it will be just decentralized energy transition also because i think that um, politicians really sometimes do not uh, understand the challenges and do not manage it well so in my view what i see now that people take uh, just uh, initiative in their hands uh, and uh, this is something uh, which uh, i expect uh, will play bigger role uh, mm. and then it will be much more decentralization mm-hmm. in my view and not because i think it will be uh, always uh, less expensive uh, but i think it's exactly because of this initiative of uh, industry also because it's not only about citizens it's not only about local governments uh, it's about industry who will just fight for uh, cheaper prices but also uh, who will fight uh, for lowering the carbon footprint because the pressure also coming from from the market and from the society uh, so i think uh, it will go uh, this way. I don't believe in those big complex projects uh, because uh, they are uh, very ex- expensive and require uh, just uh, consequence and this is something where politics is not good. Mm, <laughs> so uh, people just change their mind and uh, so this is I think more or less how I see it but Perfect. I would maybe think a little bit longer how to <laughs> answer your question but we don't have time. We don't have time today. We'll have to come back on. Maybe in, in next year we'll come back on and see how the new government's doing and uh, we can have a, have another um, look at that, look at that then. Before we go, uh, I'd like to go around the table and just quickly ask what caught my eye in the last uh, week or so, uh, something that's really pe- uh, piqued our interest in, in the last 7 days. Kira, let's start with you. What caught your eye? I had the fun of getting leaks of the European wind power package, uh, which listeners will already have access to because it comes out next Tuesday and thus has been a delay. Um, What really stood out for me is that the commission is talking about the need to help wind power when it comes to permitting again. And having covered this for three years, it really feels like we're stuck on a broken record here but what was interesting is that it also talks about auction design which for me is a newer conversation so some old stuff but also some newer stuff as well very good uh, joanna what caught your eye 
this week? Oh, I, I will be very political this week. Sorry for that, because Not normally I focus on energy and climate, but in this the, this week was uh, extraordinary, like uh, for for us. And uh, I read a very interesting opinion piece by Anne Applebaum uh, in um, Atlantic, the Atlantic, right. mm-hmm. on on autocracy, on the elections in Poland. It was really uh, eye opening because Anne Applebaum lives in Poland, but she has this outside view uh, so understand you know how Poland is perceived so it was really a very positive article about uh, uh autocracy that this is not inevitable because mm. I, I have the impression that uh, sometimes world is quite depressing when I travel also uh, across the world, I see that people are really like uh, uh, depressed with the situation with growing populism with um, misinformation uh, and uh, actually everything what happened in Poland recently it was on one hand huge propaganda because government owns um, media and is use uh, is using really like propaganda uh, beyond uh, something what you could see uh, even in the communism time in Poland, mm. but nevertheless uh, the uh, mobilization was uh, was just enormous. And then, actually, you could see that even if we don't be, uh, believe that this change is possible, uh, it happened. So. Mm. Uh, I would recommend everybody to read this article uh, if you want to see some good mood. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, we'll put a link to that in the show notes uh, for the listeners to grab a hold of. Um, for me, uh, what caught my eye was a new story uh, about drinks giant Coca-Cola wanting to make its <laughs> bottle tops from carbon dioxide that it's going to capture from the atmosphere. Um, of course, a lot of the, its plastic packaging is currently made using fossil fuels, and now it wants to capture some CO2 and use this as a key ingredient for its plastics. And it's conducting a three-year trial at a university in the UK. Small drop in the ocean, perhaps, compared to plastic uh, waste uh, around the world, but at least it's doing something, I guess. So be interested to see where that goes. Sadly, that's all we have time for this week. My thanks to Joanna and Kira for joining us on today's show. If you have any thoughts or questions about anything we've said on today's podcast, you can reach us on our Twitter accounts. I'm on at DaveW underscore Foresight. Joanna, are you on Twitter? Yes, I'm on Twitter. What's your handle? JM Pandera. Perfect. And Kira? At Kira Taylor 15. And I've also hopped over to the other place if anyone's there as well. Perfect. Uh, if you have any questions for the team, you can also tweet the show at What Matters Pod or email us show at whatmatterspodcast.com. Before we go, I'd also like to quickly mention Foresight's new podcast. The Jolt is a bite sized podcast hosted by our very own Sam Morgan. And soon, Kira Taylor will be joining the team, giving you the essential information you need to know from the world of energy. Check it out at foresightdk.com forward slash The Jolt, all one word. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you again next time. <laughs>